I think that the thing to remember is to not try to recreate the wheel, I think is very important. So we've talked about there. I think there are areas where it's important to be creative. So marketing is a good one. If your marketing looks like everybody else's marketing, then... (laughs) You know, it's going to be tough to stand out from the crowd unless you're in an area that's not crowded, right? But there are other areas where like the general framework of the of the business, I think it's really important to do what other people are doing. Um, for us, you know, that meant going to counties where we saw other people having success. We knew that if they could have success there, then we would have success there too. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Hello, Land Sharks. Today, I have an amazing guest, friend of mine. We've been friends for probably three or four years now, John Burnett. He has four children. He works from home. He is a rock star land investor. John, introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself. How's Idaho right now? Yeah, Idaho is awesome. It's been really good. We, we're really enjoying We live over in northern Idaho. Um, it's, it's me and my wife, Valerie. We've got four kids aged four, three, one of them's turning two in about two weeks. And then we have one who's six months. So we're very tired, but we're doing really good. It's kind of that awesome chaos. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so anyways, that's um, that's kind of me and my family where we live. Uh, we've been investing in land for, I think, just over... I think it's been about three and a half years now. And we've just really enjoyed it. It's been a huge blessing to our family. It's all I do. This is how I I support my family now. We jumped into it, let's say it was, I guess, 2017, um, July of 2017. We'd been kind of playing with the idea of doing real estate investment. At that time, I had a pretty challenging and demanding job. So I was uh, managing a property management company, hotel and reservations company. And, and it was just, it was quite a bit. And we liked the idea of having a greater level of flexibility with our lives. We like working hard, but we like to have flexibility on, on when we work and what we work on, especially just having young kids, because um, obviously they're the most important thing. And at that point, my oldest, he was at a phase where he was sleeping a lot and I was seeing him for maybe an hour a day. And so that was really tough. And so we just reached a point where we we decided that we wanted to go ahead and move forward and see if we could do something to provide ourselves a greater level of, of flexibility. We listened to Cashflow Quadrant um, by Robert Kiyosaki. That had a really big Great impact on us. Yeah, really good. And it really shifted my mindset with regards to wealth and with regards to financial freedom just in general. Prior to that, we were we were big Dave Ramsey people. We still really like Dave Ramsey. I think that his general mindset is is a helpful one to have, but I think nuancing that with some of the things that Robert Kiyosaki says was really helpful for us and to view basically to move from the kind of traditional view of like I think of it as like the Scrooge McDuck wealth mindset, which is you create this giant pile of money. And then eventually you live off your giant pile of money. 
right? And so moving from that to creating streams of income for yourself that are able to support you and your family and your lifestyle. And so that's kind of the the mindset shift that we went through gradually. We were looking at different forms of real estate investment. We were looking at multifamily. We were looking at single family. Eventually, we settled on wholesaling. And so we were thinking, let's start wholesaling houses. That'll be enough for us to get some some funds available to us that we could then use towards multifamily or, or something along those lines. And so we were digging into that. Uh, we ended up signing up for a course and then quickly realized where we were living at that point, it just was not going to work. The homes were way too expensive and it was going to be very difficult to work that business remotely. We would have had to drive an hour and a half every weekend put up the you know the bandit signs the we buy houses for cash with the phone number all that kind of stuff and it, we just kind of realized this is going to be really tough especially with a young family anyways we were kind of in that in that phase i had listened to kevin buff's podcast for quite a while um which i like he he goes through just just interviews various people about what they do for cash flow and he had uh, Mark Podolsky on. And so I listened to that and it really shifted. Basically, you know, what he was saying about land made a lot of sense. And prior to that, my general perspective on land is that it, it wouldn't be a good investment. I have family that have kind of had trouble with buying land and then going underwater with it because of the economic downturn and all that kind of stuff. And so it, was, it wasn't something that I really, I kind of viewed it like, like gold, like it's a tangible asset, but it's not going to be an income generating asset. And so that was my buy, but it's not going to make you any income whatsoever. It's nice to yeah. have not making any more of it, but how do we make yeah. money? Yeah, exactly. Like it's like, okay, maybe it's something nice to have in your portfolio when you have a lot of money and you want to diversify and have some kind of a tangible asset, just like you might buy some, you know, invest in gold as as something to have as uh, protection against inflation, that kind of stuff. Like that kind of made sense to me. But the idea of actually creating cash flow from land just didn't, I didn't, I hadn't thought of anything like that. And the idea, like hearing Mark talk about it and realizing, okay, this is actually when it comes to buying an asset like this, a lot simpler than something like multifamily because you don't have to deal with all the complications of maintaining that house when you have a renter in there and then get finding the renters, maintaining the house, making sure that your renters are paying rent. All of that complication goes away. And so that was really appealing to us. But the biggest thing was that we wanted something that we could do remotely. That was really important to us because I didn't want to be traveling all over. We didn't want to be creating like I was seeing my son for an hour a day. That was, you know, we're not compromising on that right <laughs> we're, yeah. we're not going to go any less on that and we want to not overcomplicate our lives because you, you know you don't want to sacrifice your family on the altar of finding financial freedom for your family you know <laughs> and, so, yeah. and so we wanted a model that allowed us to do this remotely and do it with flexibility and that's what we saw in the land model and so we ended up taking advantage of a guarantee on the wholesaling um, side that we the thing that we had invested in and we switched across to land and then just haven't looked back ever since um, so we did that for uh, so we, we started buying and selling land we started mailing out um, we ended up jumping in on coaching I just think I just think coaching was so valuable for us just because we we wanted we knew that we were busy we knew that we had so I much remember how busy you were like you, yeah. you when I met you you were still running the property management i think you were working for valerie's dad mm-hmm. is, or 
your dad. Yeah. Um, but I just remember like just seeing it on your face. Like yeah. <laughs> I've ever met in my life. And now, you know, seeing you a few years later on this, like this is a video and you just look so relaxed. You got a sailboat behind you. You got a beard going. I mean, I know. It's you, the look first time. <laughs> you look amazing. And you, you said so much. I want to unpack a lot of it. You yeah. know, I was going to ask you what made you choose land, but I think you already explained so much of it. You know, you like to work remote. You want to be home with your four, three, two, and six month old. And I also remember, I think it was your three-year-old now at the time wasn't sleeping hardly at all when we had that. So, um, you know, I feel bad for Valerie, but now does Valerie work outside of the home? No, she doesn't. So, so she's already got three. She's already got four full-time jobs. Here, yeah, so. she does. I know. So we, um, I run the business and then we, we talk about various aspects of the business and things that we're doing, but she's really able to focus on the kids, which is awesome because they need so much focus. <laughs> I remember yeah. my mom, I was in middle school and my dad was doing really well with the company he was working for. And my mom came home. I think I was in sixth grade, I think sixth, seventh and eighth grade. My mother was there every day when I got off the bus. And that was, that's a lifetime cherished memory of just yeah. mom being home. And I remember like being at daycare till like six or seven at night. And then my mom would pick me up or my dad would pick me up. I'd always hear when my dad's car was coming. Cause they'd be like, Brett, Brooke, your dad's here. Just this junky loud car. But I wish we would have kept that thing. But you know, my mom would pick me up late and then she'd cook dinner and then we'd hurry up and eat dinner and then wash the dishes. This was before we had like, we didn't have a dishwasher growing up. Yeah. And I saw my mom, she would rush all day long, you know, to get to work and to come home and clean and cook and all these things. That is amazing. Like you have no idea, like give yourself a pat on the back, like that, that Valerie gets to stay home and be yeah. with her children. I mean, that's, you know, she doesn't get probably enough praise. Like that's a hard job. My wife does the same thing. Yeah. And it's like a lot of people say, you know, does Emily, my wife, does Emily help you in the business? Well, she does, but not in a way you think she would. I mean, I use her as a sounding board. I'm like, okay, yeah. crazy. here's what we're, we're dealing with. Like, yeah. what would you do? Cause she's almost like a neutral third party. She's not yeah. in it with the ants. She's able to kind of look up from above and give a higher level overview. So that's yeah. priceless. And I, I'm yeah. sure that's probably what Valerie does with you. It is. It's so helpful. And yeah, we're just so grateful to be able to have so much focus on our kids right now. Cause you think about it, like that's, that's our legacy, you know? In a hundred years, nobody's going to remember that I sold land, but they will remember my kids, you know? And so, and that's, that's what we want to be spending our time and energy on. Oh man. I'm so glad that, that you're here today because it's like some days I get in the way and I'm like, hurry up, get out of here. Daddy's got to work type thing. But you're right. It's like, we're never going to get that time back. I've got a f almost five-year-old. He's going to be five in January. And I just had my daughter. She just turned three in November. And my son just turned one in October. Like, I'm never going to get that time back. And I get to see them yeah. every morning. They're actually in kind of like a preschool now. So we get a little break during the day. My wife's upstairs. I hear something going above me. I think she's like <laughs> vacuuming or, or something. But we get the break during the day. But I get to spend, you know, breakfast. And then I'm here when they get home at four. And you better believe that I better be done by four because they're going to be barging through that office. Yeah. And I, my second job starts and that's to play with Zechariah. Yeah. <laughs> so good time. 
So let's talk about the success you've had in land. I can see it on your face. Um, I, you know, you're looking good. Got the sailboat in the background. You know, where are you at today? Like, you know, how many land parcels would you say that you have have done in these, well, since 2017 or where are you at? Yeah. On so I'd say we're probably at about, um, about 14 K and passive. Um, recently we kind of had a, a greater, we were at a higher number, but we've had some defaults in the wake of COVID. Um, and we're just trying to work with people with, with, um, COVID and stuff like that as, as people are impacted by that. So we're at right around there. And then, um, as far as sales, I'd say we've probably done, I'd say between 125 and maybe 150 to date. And so, and that's just been, it's been wonderful. The majority of those, but early on, we ended up doing a lot of wholesale and we've shifted pretty much exclusively to terms. We're starting to build up a cash sale, um, a cash flip wing of our business that focuses on larger dollar properties as well. Um, that's still kind of getting off the ground, but that's kind of where we're at from that perspective. And so it really was kind of slow going to start the first year. I feel like, um, I forget what the name of the shit is like an asymptote, I think is what it's called yeah. where it's yeah, exactly. You get kind of this hockey stick thing where it starts really slow and then something clicks and then it just jumps up. And a lot of times I feel like, you know, marketing is such a tricky thing to figure out how to sell property effectively, especially in an area that's got a lot of competition. You know, you've got to figure out a way to kind of stand out from the crowd or go somewhere where people aren't. And once you figure that out, you know, things just go really, really well. So that's amazing. And you're not afraid to market. You're, you're not afraid to go out there and, you know, clear that trail on a new path to be where they're not at. And, you know, I didn't start out like that. I was like, okay, I'm going to do what everybody's having success, but we tried these other little things that people laugh at me and think I'm crazy, but go away from the herd mentality and you start seeing success happen really quick. One thing I want to go back to $14,000 per month. Like you just said it like it was nothing to you. Uh, I mean, <laughs> July, 2017, you said you pretty much started this. That's yeah. that's like three and a half years ago. You have left your full-time job. You had like three babies and you're making $14,000 a month per month in passive income. I yeah. mean, golly, you know, that is something to celebrate. You talked about defaults, you know, yeah. that's, of the ugly nature of this business, you know, we do everything we can to work with the buyer. We'll adjust our payment. We'll, we'll pause their payments, but no matter what is going to happen, we're not doing background yeah. checks and credit checks and this and that and job checks. So we'll have people pay sometimes six or eight months and we'll be profitable on the land yeah. and they'll just throw their hands and just, you know, no longer want the property or they'll be late a couple months. We do everything we can to work out, but you know, one thing we do is like, if you ever come back, like you've already got $3,000 invested in this parcel of land. If you ever want to buy another parcel of land, I'll credit that money to another parcel. You know, crazy. We're already profitable on this land. If I bought it for 3000 and they paid 3500 I've already made 500 profit. I resell this land after we send the cancellation of contract. And we, we make sure we cover all the bases. Like we email it. We've phone call, we text them, we send certified mail because we want to make sure they understand exactly what's going on. And sometimes yeah. we get back on, like they're back on their payments again. They lost their phone or lost their job. Like it's amazing to kind of see the success story. We went from one guy paying like $3.99 a month to $80 a month. 
He said, I had no clue that you guys would be willing to do this. That's why I wasn't taking my phone calls. I was afraid. I just was embarrassed and sent us, he sent us land buyers. And at the end of the day, my goal is to eventually transfer that deed. Once they fulfill that contract, you know, whether it's a hundred dollars a month for 30 months, when we transfer that deed, we've now made a happy land buyer and they send us referrals. Like our biggest, biggest number, but when you resell that defaulted land that you're already profitable on, what's the ROI on that? Yeah, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. I mean, we've got the same thing. I, I think that we take a, a very similar approach to you where our general policy is like, hey, like things are crazy. Every, like the world's exploding right now. <laughs> like we want to work with you. And so we'll say, hey, we'll lower, we'll lower your payments to $50 a month for a while if that'll help you get a leg up. And then barring that, we'll hold all of the equity that you put into this property as a credit against your next property for a full few years. And so, you know, trying to work with people and generally my policy, I've, we've been kind of doing the same thing even pre COVID. And my policy is that, you know, if somebody's communicative with me and if they're wanting to work, then we'll, we'll work with you and and try to make this work out. And so with that, you know, as far as like, as far as all of these properties that have come back, I mean, I think just in the last six months, we've had probably 25 to maybe 30 K in payments that have been made on these, or basically other properties that have defaulted, there's probably been 25 to 30 K and payments made on those already. And I've got an, I know. And so, and then I've got an amazing salesperson. And so we're able to turn and I'm just grateful that because it's a little bit harder to acquire now, it's also been a little bit of a blessing in disguise in that I'm able to maintain an inventory for her to sell. And once you get past, I think if you early on in your business, if you are, your margins are a little bit too squeaky, that hurts really bad when you get a default, right? When you get a default and you just pass the point of profitability in your business and now you're back where you were. But once you've got a little bit of wiggle room there, for me, it's not that emotional. You know, it's, no. I mean, obviously in the sense that it's emotional in that I talk to these people who are going, who are losing their jobs and going through some well, yeah. difficult stuff. That's, that's the hard part is yeah. buyers going through. Right. Yeah. But in terms of just the, like my business, it's not, I'm not like losing sleep at night over the notes that we're losing because I know that we're going to sell these properties again pretty easily. And I know we're doing right by our customers. And so it's not, it's not that big of a deal. And I, I, you hit on something that I've been preaching this and, you know, you said that it's harder to buy land right now there because there's a more of a demand. We're still buying, but I noticed it's slowing down just a little bit on the buy side. Yeah. However, the sales side, it's almost like this piece of paper, I throw it in the air. Yeah. <laughs> the wind's blowing. Houses, you know, yeah. you, you mentioned you were wholesaling houses for a little while or you're starting to. It's the same thing. Like when you're in a buyer's market, a buyer's market, you can find deals all the time. I mean, we saw that in 2009. There was three deals on every street, but a seller's market, you know, it's now they they know that they can get them like 50,000 over asking prices and multiple offers. So it's harder to buy houses. But when you do get a deal, it's like, it's gone and you've sold it multiple offers. So that's the same thing with land. And, and I'm seeing that, like, I was afraid in February when this whole COVID thing started, or it was March, actually, I noticed, like, I have a lot of friends 
that buy and sell houses and fix and flip houses and wholesale houses, their business came to a screeching halt in March. Mm-hmm. My land sales just exploded. I was worried that we were going to lose all of our passive income for our land payments, our land buyers. Oh my God, they're going to lose their jobs. Well, guess what? They were actually paying extra on their notes because they were getting all this government assistance and these yeah. things. And we did not lose any notes during that wow. time. Wow. Awesome. Now we've had a couple defaults in the last probably two months. Um, just random defaults. It's really weird, but um, you know, that didn't stop us, that didn't skip a beat for us. And our income actually went up because we're selling a lot of this recreational land, you know, in the desert, in the mountains, people just want a place to get away from it all. Yeah. The election. Oh my goodness. Like we don't talk politics on the phone, but whether they were for one president or against another or vice versa, it didn't matter. They all wanted land. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect storm for us lately. Yeah. Last thing I want to ask you, well, actually, I only have two more questions for you. I I don't want to take too much of your time here, but you say you went from wholesaling land to terms. What made you guys go through that shift? Because I I think in the beginning. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was investor funding, right? I think it's the tempting thing early on is just to do a bunch of of wholesale flips to try to fund your business, to fund yourself. And then we reached a point in our business where I had had quit my job and we had moved to Northern Idaho um, and lowered our expenses. And I was reaching a point where I realized uh, we're... I'm probably going to need to get like a part-time job or something alongside the land business. And I met with somebody to ask them for a job originally. And um, he looked at our numbers. I, I shared kind of what we were doing in the land business. And he, he told me, you don't, you don't need a job, right? You need to keep on doing this. You can't get these numbers from a job. And so that was invaluable. We brought him on as an investor, which allowed us to pay ourselves and, and not get a job. And also, um, the other thing is that as he looked at our numbers, he's like, one of the things I would tell you is also to, to stop wholesaling because of the return that you're getting on all these all, all these other deals. And so, and having an investor really enables you to do that because you're not so desperate for cash. And so if you're able to get an investor to fund your acquisitions, acquisitions is the, the trickiest piece, right? If I wanted to fund my acquisitions with my passive income, I need to be like at my current rate of of acquiring and selling, I need to be at like 25 or 30K in passive to do that. And when I'm at 25 or 30K, I should be at a point where I'm able to buy and sell way more land than I'm buying right now. So it's kind of this eternal problem, but to bring on an investor really allows you to be profitable far more easily because the returns that we get on our term sales are able to pay off enough. You just get some kind of a note or something like that. The payments that we get on our term sale can easily um, make an investor very happy while we still have incredible returns for ourselves as well. And so making that shift allowed us to shift from wholesale and focus more heavily on terms. Oh my goodness. That is amazing. That guy was a a blessing, you know, time to look at that because, you know, most people starting out like to get that type of advice. um, And then he kind of saw the numbers, you know, at the end of the day, is data, not drama. You felt like you needed to go out and get another job, but this guy was able to kind of like, you know, give you that permission almost or confidence to keep going 
where you're going, John, sometimes that outside guidance is what dollar would you put on that, that education that just that couple of hours I gave you? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Money would that work to you? I know. I mean, a lot. A lot for sure. I think that was a critical and pivotal point in our business. And then uh, I think you have to be careful with investors who you pick, but I just think we picked the perfect investor. He's been a, an invaluable voice in our business and he has similar values. He's got similar, you know, so, you know, so even things like, you know, having somebody who is an investor who we can raise ethical questions to, like, hey, this person is doing this thing and we just feel a little bit uncomfortable about it and we feel like we should do this and it might cost us $900. He's like, yeah, of course we should do that, you know? And so to have somebody like that on our team has just been so wonderful. So, so he also, he's also a good person too, is what it sounds like. He's, yeah. He's a level head. He's not just about the bottom line. Incredible. Like, where did you find this guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he um he was somebody I used to work for before in a previous um in a previous position and then he goes to our church. He's an old family friend and so we just um so you know and then I knew that he was interested in real estate investing as well. And so he kind of asked me about our business and so I wanted to give him a, a little bit of a input on that. And so it ended up just being a complete like I don't know. It just it just was absolutely wonderful to have that conversation and have that shift happen, especially at that moment in time, which was particularly stressful. <laughs> so beautiful. That's amazing. And he invested in and you and Valerie. It's not, I mean, he saw you you had a great business, but it was also because of who you are. Like you didn't go out and solicit this guy. You probably built a relationship over time with him through church and family friend. And I get a lot of questions from people is like, you know, I'm trying to do this deal. You know, I don't know where to find the funding. And sometimes I, I've got some students I'm coaching and they've asked me, you know, Hey, would you fund this deal? And I don't really want to be involved in their deal. I don't want to take anything from them. I want it all to go in their pocket, but that's a big question is where do I find the money? Like it was, I held a local meetup and I partnered with my, my real estate broker. And one day I talked about my land process and I had a couple guys come to me at the very end. It's like one guy's like, I've got $30,000 just doing nothing. And another guy wanted to partner with me. And I told him no at first and we became friends. We struck up a relationship and the guy was like serving me and like, is always like just offering to help and this and that. And I actually took him on as a business partner for land. It's just been one of the absolute best decisions I ever could have made. And he's yeah. just really turned into a great friend. So it's all about relationships, you know, speaking yeah. at these meetups, like, I don't know if you've ever spoken at a meetup, but like podcast hosts, they are always looking for good people like yourself to speak and at meetups and podcasts. And, you know, I'm just trying to give this to our listeners. People are always looking for good content. You might not think you have anything to talk about, yeah, but you are probably an expert in some field or another, like you, your land yeah. business, you're wholesaling. And then you went to terms. We don't talk about our cash price anymore. We don't wholesale any land. It's all terms, terms only. If someone wants to give us cash, we might give a little bit of a discount, but you know, it's all about that monthly payment for us. Well, John, truly a pleasure speaking with you. Last question, you know, what advice would you give to the person listening and thinking about, you know, getting started and, and building their passive income through land or just land investing? You know, what advice? Yeah. I think great advice. 
<laughs> I think that the thing to remember is to not try to recreate the wheel. I think is very important. So we've talked about there. I think there are areas where it's important to be creative. So marketing is a good one. If your marketing looks like everybody else's marketing, then <laughs> you know it's going to be tough to stand out from the crowd unless you're in an area that's not crowded, right? But there are other areas where, like the general framework of the of the business, I think it's really important to do what other people are doing. Um, for us, you know, that meant going to counties where we saw other people having success. We knew that if they could have success there, then we would have success there too. And we wanted to treat the business more like a franchise than us starting something from the ground up. You know, we've talked about this in a phone conversation a while ago about just the value of coaching and having somebody who has experienced the mistakes so that you don't have to experience them yourself. So it's, you know, to experience their wisdom and their knowledge is just absolutely critical and absolutely invaluable. And that was so beneficial for us. So to go through flight school, to go through coaching, to have the accountability and the push to make it happen. Everybody the thinks push. that they're going to... Yeah. yeah. And it's hard. I mean, everybody, every time anybody who goes into something like this is going to be extremely optimistic. We were extremely optimistic. We were like, okay, what's the best anybody's ever done? That's going to be us, you know, and we're going to be spending so much time on this. We're never going to skip a day. It's going to be amazing. But the reality is once you get into the slog and things get a little bit less exciting to have people around you to push you is incredibly helpful. And so I would, I would say that. So I would say, follow the recipe from somebody who knows it really well, get guidance and coaching where you're able to. And then the third thing I would say is um, surround yourself with the community. I have an accountability group with other land investors. We meet every week. That's so helpful. This is such a, it can be a lonely business. Thankfully, I got my wife that makes it a lot less lonely. <laughs> but, um, but to talk to other people who are going through the same struggles, who are experiencing the same thing, and who can also hold you to account and say, why are you not doing anything in your business this week? You know, that's absolutely critical. So those, those three things I think have been game changers and really helped us to reach the level of success we have and the amount of time we have. Yeah, you have crushed it in such a short period of time. And those are absolutely amazing points. And, you know, just taking the action, hiring the right people. I'm actually writing um, the top 10 biggest mistakes I've made in land right now, because I feel like I still, I, even though I had coaching, I made the mistake. Sometimes I stopped. I didn't listen to my coaches. So I, you know, there's always mistakes. And if you can learn from other mistakes and not make those mistakes, that's truly a wise person. A smart people, smart people learn from their own mistakes, but wise people, they learn from other mistakes, other people's mistakes and completely avoid them. And I don't even know if you could put a dollar amount on that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me, John. And if you're interested in getting started on your way to generating passive income through land, head over to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. And schedule a call with me. We'll hop on a short call together and discuss your real estate investing goals and if it sounds like we're a great fit, I'd be honored to help you on your land investing journey. And I'll see you next time, Land Sharks. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.